Welcome back to Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists. Boy, do we have a panel for you today. The industry's screenwriting experts. A panel of new voices in Hollywood. The costumes are a character. Fuck, Mary kill. Wide shot, two shot, close up. This is Artists on Artists. On Artists. On Artists. Do you know why they call it show business? I always wondered that. Welcome back to Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists. Have we got a show for you this week? One of the most successful shows of the mid-2000s was the lovable sitcom Month to Month, with its four stars who went on to live incredible lives with very prolific careers. And can I just say, I loved this show. I was obsessed with Month to Month. It's absolutely fantastic that artists on artists on artists on artists got these four people in the same room after so many years. Take a look. So awesome. All four of us together for the first time in what? 15 yes, years? Yes, gotta be, gotta be 15 10? years now. Wow, ah. I'm so old. I'm well, the so sh- old. The show ended when? Um, uh, oh, I'm so bad at math. show ended tw- 20, 2013. <laughs> 2013? 2013. Okay, 20, what, May 2013? Yeah, right? well, yeah, May 15th, 2013. And uh, what year is it now? Uh, 2021? It's Uh-oh. absolutely wild. It's absolutely Insane. wild. So not exactly 15, but we're getting close. More like eight, but uh, we're getting close. <laughs> it's close. It feels really close to 15. I mean, I think this is the first time we've all been in the same room together since the show wrapped, I would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I, we see each other around and do different things. Like we worked on that Christmas movie together. You know? Oh yeah! Ho 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 ho! No no no! Oh, I loved ho 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 ho! No 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 no! You guys were fantastic in that. But that I'll say, was so much fun. All of us in one room together. I do think it's been a freaking long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> I would say a long time. I would what? say nearly ten years. I would say I would say it feels like fifteen years. Wait, so one, two. Three. Where are you counting from? Are you going backwards or forwards? I'm going backwards. Okay. The one, two. That's about 15, I would say. 14, 15. My assistant Gordon is, is messaging me right now, telling me that it, it has been eight. I think we just said this. Right. I'm we so did. Sorry. We did. We did. But, you know, uh, sometimes eight feels like 15. If we're, if we're really. We're really compounding all the times that all the times that we haven't talked to each other. I mean, how many Christmases is that? What, like ten? Crazy, and then we shot that Christmas movie together. And it's oh, 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 oh no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, well, really um, crazy. should we? Should we? I mean, the people know who we are, but should we give them a little refresher? Of course. Uh, my name is William Scray. I, of course, played Connor on Month to Month. Hey, what's up? It's me, Trenton Death. And I played Dougie on Month to Month. Hey, I'm Sarah Barra, and I played Goldie. (laughs) And of course, I'm Rebecca Flay, and I did play Sandy on Month to Month. And what a time it was. Oh, truly some of the best years of my life, I would say. It's so crazy. I mean, when we all got that job, we, of course, that was our first job in the industry, right? None of us had ever been on a sitcom before. None of us were ever the leads of a sitcom. Right, right. That's a super fun thing to talk about, actually. What was everybody doing when they got the call, the infamous call? Well, I had zero credits. Zero. I think we all did, and we just booked it big almost. I don't know. Well, I had that one credit. I was on the X-Files. I played that one guy that uh, fell off of a porch and then bust into 3,000 cockroaches. That's actually what got me seen for month to month because they liked the way that I was freaking out 
in the specific scene because I said, I, I'm exploding, I'm exploding. And as you guys know, uh, Connor was a kind of a neurotic guy. And so they said, what if this cockroach man actually didn't have cockroaches inside of him and he was just living in an apartment trying to make it month to month while working in a bagel shop with his friends? That's crazy. That's, um, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, it was really awesome. Um, but what were you guys doing? Well, I was doing a. I was actually in uh, Baltimore at the time, doing just mostly improv and um, and a little bit of clowning. Um, and they, you know, just by chance, the creators Sasha and Elkin came to my show, and they loved me. And during my audition, you know, I I'm a clown, so it w- I was breaking the fourth wall left and right. Actually, I was going like, "What is this line?" With the, what's the point of this line? This is a dumb line. You're dumb for writing this. And they were just, needless to say, eating it up. They Well, I mean, we it. had to respect your process, you know, because you're a stand-up. You're like, I mean, you do improv. You come from the comedy world. Like, we have to respect your expertise on that. And if that involves calling us out, stopping the scene, storming off set, you know, it's all part of the process. It's the comedy world for sure. It's comedy world. You know, it's just like comedy training teaches you to walk off if you're not satisfied. If you're not having a good set, if you don't feel good, you, you get off that stage immediately. So, yeah, you know, that's how I kind of got discovered um, for the show. And it changed my life immediately when I found it, you know? Right, right. I mean, personally, I was sitting in a pool when I got the call. And uh, Elkin, Elkin was on the phone and he said, Rebecca, you got it. And I said, got what? What are you talking about? Because I had forgotten that I sent in this tape because I get so many tapes. I send in so many tapes and I've been up for so many pilots at this point that I just couldn't even remember. Like I was grinding so hard in New York City for about um, 18 months or so and just like really putting in my time. And um, I, I eventually did get this meeting with Elkin um, after some time of grinding um, I should disclose, my father was the president of NBC for about two decades. Um, but you were grinding for 18 months. I mean, give yourself some credit. Right. Too. I mean, there were so many times around uh, month two, month six that I almost quit. Right. I almost <laughs> I almost hung up my hat. I mean, I was sweating my ass off in coffee shops, not working them, but getting coffee at them. You know, it, it really gets you down. Rebecca, don't think I didn't notice you say hang up your hat. Maybe slightly mentioning your hat line, by the uh-oh, way. Uh-oh. Those bucket hats are the hottest thing. Mm-hmm. They are the hottest thing in this town right now. I feel like I've seen every single 14-year-old is wearing a flay hat right on their head. You know, the teens love the flay hats. They love the flay hats. They're, they're fun. I love the language that you use on them. I love like yeah. the fun little tropes that you put on them. Right. I kind of make my own language on them. Yeah. What was that? My favorite one. It's, it, it says... Uh, Gungi Pong. Yeah. So that is a combination of um, a German word, a French word, a Japanese word, and um, a, uh, a Canadian French word that they don't use in France, that they only use in, you know, Montreal. And so I like to kind of play with words and sounds and letters and make my own words. Does it mean anything to you? It means peace and prosperity. Gungi Pong to both of you then, all three of you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I have a, a Duku Dango Fingy Fango in my car, actually, that I wear a lot, and Stop! I love it. Stop! You guys are so supportive, and um, hey, I got another shipment of wanky pankies. They're coming in. They're coming in. You guys are going to be the first. Uh-oh, I probably shouldn't even be saying this on air, but you guys are going to be the first to get them. Wanky Pangy is coming out uh, summer 2000. Uh, 
23. And Wanky Panky, that's the one that means relax. Yes, it means relax. It comes from uh, the Chinese word as well as the British word as well as the Dutch word. Uh, We're combining them all and it means relax. I mean, none of the words that I took it from actually mean relax. It's sort of my own spin on a bunch of different letters and sounds. It's your own language. Summer 2023, that's what? That feels like a long time to release. Is that 15 years from now? Right. So we wanted to start like <laughs> at least 15 Christmases. Am I right? So one. Yeah, so it's a 15 two. year rollout plan where. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. My assistant Gordon is telling me it's two years. I'm counting backwards. Ask Gordon if he's thinking about 23. 23 feels like 15 years. Yeah. It does. Anyway, I'm I'm blab. I could blabber on about my hats all day long. You know, I love the hats. Sarah, where how'd you how'd you get started here? Well, you guys know that this was my first acting job. Um, right, right. I, I was and still, I, I, I'm a model, you know, like I just grew up from a model family. Um, it's just our family business is modeling. So I was in Saint-Tropez when I got the call. I was doing a Evian uh, ad campaign um, back, I'd say, 14, 15 years ago. And my phone rang. It was Elkin and Sasha, actually. I got both of them on the phone. Wow. And they were like, are you sitting down? And I went, yeah, I'm sitting down in Saint-Tropez. What's up? Um, and they said, you got it, kid. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to need a coach. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Roz? Ozzy? Roz. Ozzy, wow. Ozzy oh. Roz. Ozzy Roz. Ozzy Roz, yeah. Ozzy Roz. Ozzy Roz. Well, it's because for a while, Roz took a vacation and I did have a sub that was named Nazi because Roz goes by Ozzy. And eventually we just sort of all called each of them both of the names. For sure. But Rozzy was my onset coach. I wish he was here today. He feels like a fifth member of the cast. I love him so much. Yeah. yeah. I see. I was confused. I was calling him Ozzy Roz because I thought he was from Australia. Like Ozzy Roz or Rozzy, Ozzy Rozzy. But I guess I was mistaken. He would have probably had an Australian accent if he was from Australia. Maybe later we can call him. <laughs> um, William's assistant is actually uh, whispering in my ear right now. He says his name was Kyle. No, that doesn't sound right. Gordon, if you could maybe not talk to the other cast members, that would be really great, by the way. Sorry, I'll have to talk to him. <laughs> but he, you're, my, you're my assistant. I'm sorry, I don't want to overstep. No, no, and I'm sorry that my assistant is whispering in your ear that it's inappropriate and he will be dealt with appropriately know, later. Listen, Gordon. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Gordon. I'm sorry for Gordon. Okay, I want to apologize for Gordon. Gordon, it's okay. Gordon, it's okay. William wasn't listening and so you went to me and that's, that's fine. You know, Gordon is uh, headstrong. He wants to get his message across and he's going to do really well in this industry. Yeah, yeah, he wishes. Let's talk about our pilot. Can we talk about the pilot? I would love to talk Let's about the pilot. Let's do it. I would love to. I, I also wanted to bring up, it's so incredible that they recreated the set for us to record this podcast I know, podcast look on. at this. I Can feel like it? I'm just riding flipping bagels. It's so crazy, that bagel shop we all ran together. I mean, they recreated the shop with painstaking detail. There's Goldie's uh, big lazy boy chair. That's uh, right. Would- Insist on sleeping in every day and the night. one that she loves. We have Sandy's big cuckoo clock over up uh, up top because she's kooky. You oh know, she gosh. was a kooky girl. She was well, an artist. What about what about Dougie's chicken coop over there? Okay, yeah, there it is. There it is, my chicken coop. That was it. Looks time. the exact same. That must be the exact one or a replica. Yeah, that looks like it's. The it's probably either the exact same or a replica. Are they the same chickens? It's either the exact same chickens or replicas. I don't know. But I think it's got to be one of those two. 
for sure. And it's so I funny that thinking... they brought back the chickens because that was something for the pilot and they never brought never it back it again. again. Going into the pilot, it was so fun because, you know, it was like this idea of four people from different parts of America come together in New York and just try to struggle through it, you know? Dougie, of course, the great American South, mm-hmm. right? right? Bringing his chickens to New York City. Just confused little boy going, oh, where, where am I supposed to pull my chickens? Exactly, and I would say those are the exact chickens we probably used in the, uh, in the show. E- yeah. Either the exact ones or a replica. It's one of the two. It's got to be one of the two. God. It's... Well, and then, so we got great American South, Dougie over here, and then Sandy coming over from the West Coast, Cali girl from herself. From the West Coast. It's so funny about the part, actually, because they had originally written Sandy as this like very serious goth character, and then when I read it in the audition, they said, you're not doing this right at all, and so they rewrote it for my voice. I, I can't remember, I can't forget that first line you had. Where do I put my surfboard? And remember, you knocked over my coffee. I had a big coffee on the table, a really, really big coffee on the table, and you knocked that it over. That coffee was huge. It was 128 ounces. My character was really high strung, right, Connor? Yeah, from yeah, the, you were yeah. in New York. The, yeah, you're the only one from the East Coast. The local, yeah, right? you were you were in New you're York, and so you're always carrying around that coffee because you have places to be. I had to go. I was busy. I was moving. Right. I was making change. And I for I for one love that. In within the first two minutes of the pilot, we each brought a big object that represented where we came from. Well, and that brings up uh, Goldie's object. Yeah. By the way, you brought that big replica of the Great Lakes because you're from the north. I brought a huge lake. Um, it was like a replica of a big lake. Yeah, it was like one of those like one of those like mini train stations that boys have, except it was just a lake full of water. Yes, yes. That was the simplicity of the pilot, right? We all had these four objects we needed to make room for in this small fucking shithole of an apartment. And here we are making room for our objects when actually we're making room for each other in each other's lives. Right. Exactly. And so it was a really great way. And I've heard they actually teach this pilot in a lot of pilot classes. I believe it. I believe it. They show it as a great way because you meet all of the characters. And then, of course, you see their great weaknesses in Act 2. Somebody from their past calls and calls them and, and talks to them about their shortcomings. Yes. Right, and, and they kind of go thing. one by one in each one. Like, they go, it's two minutes of the objects, and then it's two minutes of consecutive phone calls by each of our backstory. And then from then, we just launch right in, and you can't even tell what's happening. I mean, the exposition happens so fast. It happens so fast. It goes, it goes where we come from, objects, yeah. straight to phone Chicken call. coop, surfboard, a cup of coffee, Great Lakes, and then, of course... I get a call from my mom saying, I'll never make it as an actor yep. in New York. Yeah, Come back to the South when you're ready. Come back to Macon, Missouri. She was like, howdy, I miss my son. And, and the audience ate it up. And I go, you stupid mom. You know, and the audience right. just loved it. It right. was like... They loved it. It was just like one of those moments when you first get on that soundstage and you realize kind of what you're playing with. I mean... Granted, we'd never had a live audience. It was always canned laughter. But being on this downstage and experiencing what it would be like potentially to have an audience. Yeah, feeling the energy of the canned laughter every time mm-hmm. they press the button. Feeling the director and a couple of the people on set and crew laughing for where there would be laughs. Yeah. Electric. Electric. Yeah. Well, who else got calls? Because well, my so mom. Then the mom calls. And then, of course. Yeah, we get, you know, Sandy is from the West Coast. And so she gets a call from a, a, a marijuana shop. And they say, um, Sandy, 
your marijuana is ready to pick up. And I say, I'm not doing that life anymore. You know, it's like she has to leave that life behind. She has to leave that chill life behind for the fast paced nature of New York City. Which is so fun because in 2003, marijuana was not illegal in California at all. I actually heard about this. I read about this. This was the first show that humanely portrayed a marijuana shop. And that's his And a marijuana that's smoker, true. you know? And at the time, I remember no, no other shows were doing it, but it didn't feel weird when you did it. And then Connor got the call. Yeah, and that's well, what I was saying. Well, then I get the call, I, right? I love this because they did show, you know, a recovering alcoholic, you know? Exactly. I got a call from my sponsor saying, we know that you are still drinking and, and you're going to lose custody of your kids because he had a young son. You guys remember? <laughs> that's and, what we but learned. But just for the pilot. I think that's just for the yeah, pilot. Yeah, we never meet the son, which I think is so interesting. Because I lose. So you're seeing the point of view of somebody who has lost full custody of their kid. And then he goes on to live his own life, which I thought was incredible. That was incredible. Back to bagel. And it was funny. You know, you're like, you, we always reference your son, Jacob, who's like somewhere else. But right. you're totally fine with it. You don't feel an ounce of regret because this show is funny. Let's not forget. This is a comedy. This show is so bold. You never get to see what happens to the person who loses custody in a movie or TV show. Sure. I want to shout out Elkin for living this life. It was so brave of him to put this in the show that he created. Uh, I remember reading this and he said, you're playing me. And I remember he was drinking, and I'm not joking, the biggest cup of coffee I've ever seen. <laughs> and I would say, how much of this is real? How much of this is fake and and I used to he was hard on me. Holy shit. He was really it was really hard on me. He would come after me all the time. He would say, "Hey, you're not doing me right." And I would say, "Oh, I'm playing a character." And he said, "You are me." And we had we came to blows a couple times. I remember that. That was intense days on set for sure. Those when you would like go straight you'd like this is a character. This is me. This is a character. This is me. Punch, punch. Knives are out. Coffee's yeah. flying. And I want to give props to you because, um, as we all know, Elkin, um, you know, uh, we had a bit of a habit of um, cocaine. And, a little bit. Um, a little bit. And um, he would often make you do lines right before a scene because, you know, he's like, I'm in that headspace. You have to be in that headspace, too. I certainly felt like I was doing a different show than you guys were sometimes. You were, because, you know, you were doing this very dark character. It was light yeah. and fun for me most of the time. That's but awesome. it was really light and fun for me a That's lot of the really... time as well. Yeah, it was a blast for me. Well, I, then I get my call. Yeah, what about your call, Sierra And so I get a call from my hot, toxic ex-boyfriend. Right. And this is when we start to learn that my character is really hot. Right, because on first glance, we see Goldie's this very pretty girl. And then within the three-minute mark, we learn that she's also hot. Yes. Well, because, and I think the costumes did a great job. You were wearing a lot of flowy kind of robes and, and clothes, kind of drapey. And then, of course, it all gets caught in a, an event, and it rips off. And you're and right at the moment of exposition. It's like yeah. a physical and the dialogue came together. Yeah. There goes my moo-moo into the air vent. And then we know who this character is, yeah. right? And, I mean... Yeah, the ex-boyfriend calls her and he's like, you can't do this. The moo moo goes out. And there's that running gag where Goldie always runs off at the end of the night to call her ex-boyfriend. I know. We always would make jokes that you guys had a 12-hour day and I had an 11-hour day because I was off, always off having a phone call with the ex. Yeah. And that became the big catchphrase of the show, right? I got to call my ex. Yep. I got to go call my ex. I mean, that was on shirts. I remember, I, I remember seeing... 
I think they used it in Six Flags merch. I mean, I remember seeing I Gotta Call My Ex with Tweety Bird next to Bugs Bunny. Yeah, you know, that, stuff we, like did, that. we did a Six Flags deal. I have I love this roller coaster they have, and I tweet about it all the time, and finally they said. Yeah, and then the month-to-month the -month coaster that they made. Month-to-month -month coaster. That's a blast. Have you when guys been on that coaster? Well, we were there. I mean, oh, we were supposed to all be together. Yeah, we were the, supposed to be, but no. The they, cutting. We legally couldn't be together. On camera, all four of us, because of our contract, we couldn't all work together in the same project. That was a tough contract to sign. Here's a question I've been wondering, you know, like, what were those first days? What, two questions. What were those first days of immense fame like? And then the second question is, what was it like finishing and walking out of that door? Oh, there's, that's oh my gosh. two huge things. Well, we started and we ended in two different places, right? right. All of us did. Completely different people, too. Completely. And I Completely feel like different. I felt, personally, I felt the fame. Once we had that, the second episode of season two, that's when I knew this is not just famous. This is earth-shatteringly famous, you know? Because yeah. I was walking down, um, I was in uh, Los Angeles just walking down the street and somebody threw a water bottle at me. It's filled with piss. It gets all over me. And they say, I love you. I fucking love you. Can I have your babies? And that's when I knew, like, this is a whole nother level of fame. Somebody's throwing their pee at me, but also wants to have sex with me. You got to be famous. Yeah, that's fame. And let me tell you something. That's Hollywood Boulevard. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. I can't believe for the whole run of the show, you lived on Hollywood and Highland. Yeah. Right? You lived right there next to the Ghirardelli factory. Yeah. I, I just did not never moved out of my apartment. Well, you I were very and you were very adamant that you uh, were living this Hollywood lifestyle. You wanted to maintain the Hollywood lifestyle. You didn't want to lose that. No, no, no. You know, like I did not want to lose that feeling of being in Hollywood. Like even though we shot our show in New York, even though we shot on a, you know, in Soundstage, it was all based in New York. I wanted to make sure I kept, you know, my Hollywood grounding. So I lived Hollywood and Highland right on right. Basically right next to the Ripley's. It it's where all the stars live. So like you have to be where they all are. I remember the first time I felt like my life wasn't the same was I called a taxi to come pick me up because we didn't have Ubers back then. And I go outside. I'm tired. Um, I just get in this car I see outside my house. It's one of those cars. Here I am thinking it's the taxi. I get inside. We start driving and all these people are looking at me and I realize I'm in one of those vans that brings you to the stars' homes. Oh, you're on a star tour. And they were camped outside my house. And here I am just getting in the car. You were on your own star tour? I went on what my the own do? star That's tour because I thought it was just a taxi. And you got to use it as like a bus because, you know, you'd, <laughs> you'd get off your appearance at the Jimmy Kimmel show and you'd hop on one of the star tours and they'd drive you straight home because that's where you lived. And it was crazy because... I realized I had this weird taxi system all to myself. I hate to say it, but fame, sometimes you hit a level of ultra fame and things get easy. Yeah. Yeah. They stop being hard. Definitely. Right. I mean, for a while, I personally, like before this show, I would sort of fly in these private planes that were, they were quite dingy. And then um, once I hit the show, once I got that first big paycheck, I mean, I got a bigger plane. Yeah, I, I remember one of the moments that I realized that my life was changed forever and I had more money than I ever dreamed of having was when Gordon crashed my Miata um, off Mulholland. He said there was some sort of... You've been with Gordon for a long time. I, Gordon I'm has long. been with me since, I mean, ugh, God. 
I think I got Gordon in. <laughs> I think I got Gordon in 2004. I think it was season two. I mean, Gordon has been with me for uh, what? And the <laughs> 20 years. Gordon has been with me for God, 20 years. I mean, 2002. I yeah, yeah, yeah. 2004. Yeah. To... Be... That's a couple Christmases. It's. And the story of where you found Gordon is something that I'll never forget. Please tell me. When I got Gordon, I remember I was looking to get an assistant, and I was looking around, and I, and I couldn't figure out which one to get. I was looking around, and I remember going to this uh, Tender Greens. You guys remember Tender Greens? You used to, we used to go there when we were poor. Holy like shit, a, they had those $16 salads? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. As oh a struggling God, artist, deal. it was tough to... <laughs> It was tough to convince myself to get that. I would, it was. but it was tough to convince And me. he was there, and I remember asking, I said, can I get the falafel salad, but can the falafel be steamed instead of fried? And can the Which salad- sounds revolting. <laughs> right, right. And, <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, I was going to throw this salad away. I just like to see if they follow my orders before I order my real meal. And so I just want to <laughs> see if they know what I'm doing. And so I asked right, this guy- tester salad. And I saw him classic, in the back. Classic tester salad. Yeah, which, exactly. As a struggling artist, is tough. You know, because you have to establish yourself as these in these restaurants as someone to respect. Of course. And so Gordon, he, I see him in the back behind all the other riffraff, and I see him steaming chickpeas. I see him. Uh, there's a boiling pot of chickpeas, and I see him trying his hardest. He's sweating his freaking ass off. And I say to him, "This guy is willing to go for it." It's been a really incredible experience. And that's when I realized when you have somebody to help you out with your life, that's when my life has changed because my life got so much easier to a point. And then Gordon started getting sloppy. Right. Really wonderful. Well, it's great that you guys have that sort of relationship. I mean, it's, I'm yeah. curious about yeah. of your guys' teams because I never keep Let's an talk about teams. Yeah, I never keep an assistant on. <laughs> yeah, I think I people would love it. to hear about the show, but let's talk about teams. <laughs> let's talk about our teams. <laughs> I think let's talk about our team. I think we were brought here originally just to talk about the show, but I'm <laughs> hey, down to talk about hey, teams. Hey, let's chat. I want to see. <laughs> Look, I want to put feelers out. I want to make sure that I'm getting the best deal. And is that such a crime? Is that such a crime? No, that's is not that a crime such at all. A crime? This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about. This. Let's talk teams. If that's a crime, throw me in the Hague. <laughs> start that team talk. All right, you start. All right, listen. Okay, well, I guess we'll just get right to it. I'm with Caroline, Carol, and JC uh, over at UTA. And you know what? I fucking hate them. Yeah, no, I feel that. Truth. I feel that. I feel that. I feel that hating your team. I've been there. I've been there. And that's why I, I only have one person working for me, and that's my manager. Right, right. That's I'm with great. Madeline, Maddie, and Matt at CAA, and I hate every single fucking one of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, I, I really say maybe talk to my manager, Dr. Jill Brown. She is fantastic. He's a doctor? She's she a doctor. that famous dermatologist? Yeah. She's my manager. I go in for some facial care. She said, who are you with? And I said, right now I'm with these people. Duncan and Steen, the I management. know Duncan. She said, drop them. I will manage you. And I said, you're a dermatologist. She said, I know. Don't tell me I don't know about the business. And she's been great. I haven't worked since <laughs> month to month, but she has been Absolutely fantastic. Right, because she's, I mean, it sounds like she is like a like an absolute shark. I mean, the way that she turns down every project that comes across your desk. like With I, vehement detest. You have, she goes, no, you're not doing that. And I go, maybe? She goes, this is not a good look for you. This is not a good look for you. Has you she won't. made a dime off you? She, I pay her 10% of royalties. 
So yeah, and I also pay her for for you know dermatology stuff. That's a good life then. You're giving her a good life. So she gets ten percent, and also every time I go in to her office, I get charged in dermatology like she's doing my face. So we'll talk about the biz. She'll clean up my face a little bit. It's actually great. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's hard for me, guys, because I have um, I have a modeling team and an acting team, and my acting team, you know, is also my publicist, also my entertainment lawyer. It's everybody, and then the model team is the same way. Well, you have, I mean, you said that you're modeling, like your entire family, like that's a modeling family business. You for said, sure, and so, sure. I mean, did they all know you beforehand? Like, did they? Yeah, you know, I mean, I grew up. I grew up on the sidelines at New York Fashion Week. I grew up there. I grew up on those steps of Fashion Week. The steps of Fashion Week were where I grew up. And I think it just, yeah, it was in my bones. So I am, my team, my modeling team has been the same team since I was a kid. So we just acquired 10 more every time. So my modeling team is about 50 to 60 people. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah. And my acting team is... um jenna julia and juliet oh wait uh, at untitled yeah. i heard those triplets are amazing at they're what good they girls do. they're good girls the way you've talked about their uh, their representation strategy as julie wines them juliet dines them and julia 69s them and i think that Sounds that toughest to wine i mean i get hungry <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good so that's good. classic that's a classic will Let's talk about, yeah, let's, let's talk about, you know, kind of off, offset antics. I mean, like, I think yeah. the fans really know, and it's been, you know, what, how many years? Ten? I think we settled on four years. I think we probably talked about, it. you know, what were those offset hookups? Yeah, what were, when the camera wasn't rolling, what was happening? I think the there fans There was really a lot know. going on behind the scenes. I mean, us four, we were thick as thieves. Yeah, we, we were spending so much time together. So much. And to the point where we sort of developed this like four way enemy ship where um, I hated Goldie. Um, Goldie hated you, Trent. Trent hated William. And then William in turn hated me. And that was just for a season, you know, but you can really see it. In but then it was takes. fun because that all, like this is going to maybe be TMI, but I know the fans love it because then it switched and it was all about fucking. You know, and it was all about. It was. Well, that was it, in the early days. We had a Fleetwood Mac situation going on, really. For sure. And, and what cast hasn't, to be honest? No, what um, cast hasn't just like all hooked up with each other at different times? And I love that the writers sort of kept that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was, I loved when they started writing that. I mean, I think what was really difficult, and I, and I think about that a lot, was, uh, you know, uh, Sarah and I were married in season, we were behind the scenes married to each other season three got divorced season five and then they started writing a love interest kind of story between us almost right after we signed the divorce paper right i mean elkin was a dog and he really wanted you guys to get together he really thought that you guys were a perfect match well him and sasha were married so he thought it didn't make sense that you know i wasn't with sarah but i'm gonna speak frankly sarah our house was toxic right we lived a really really unhealthy lifestyle and we were on each other in a really nasty way in a nasty 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 it was a nasty nasty experience and i I just want to say now like i have permission to i'm sorry for getting in the middle of it a couple times no it's fine and i I, and i don't even want to get there i'll say like um i'll just say nasty nasty that's all we can say i mean yeah go ahead yeah, and I'll agree with you. It was nasty, nasty, nasty. nasty. 
It but was then, nasty. And that led us into the season that all four of us never spoke. Yeah, that was, it was really interesting. We I don't know if the audience noticed this, but we never actually ever had scenes together. No, we all, it was kind of monologues. It would be monologue, laugh, and then they'd cut to a single of mm-hmm. somebody else. And, and tons and of guest stars that season. Tons. Somebody just made a YouTube video, I think three weeks ago. My uh, assistant showed me this. Uh, somebody has finally put it together. They said, have you noticed season eight, none of the characters are in the same room? That was when our characters were all getting more, really just like fleshed out. I had to get my, um, I had have, I have my nipple covers to make my nipples larger. Right. Right. Because they needed Goldie to have extraordinarily big and large nipples. Yeah, and I don't want to right. speak to you, but sure, I remember your nipples didn't show up on camera. My natural your, your, nipples? Your God-given nipples, yeah. My God-given nipples didn't show up on camera, and it was season four. I mean, wasn't that a debate? They were between... You know, they were between you and uh, Sarah Paulson, and they were like, Sarah Paulson has um, like larger nipples than you, and so that was like a big point of contention, like in the early oh, yeah. days. And it was huge for my team. It was huge for every one of us, where we can't change this. And then by season four, they had finally figured out the science to um, make my nipples bigger. Right. Huge breakthrough for science, too. By huge the way. breakthrough for science. For, I mean, they're using that technology on the moon now. And I, I hate to be like, because I'm a member of a small team, and I'm just a small part of that. But it has changed the way we look at things. It's changed the way. Changed the way we look at nipples, for sure. For sure, for sure. Um, I, I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite episodes were. You guys, when you sit down and think about that was month to month, right? What was your favorite app? I'll, I'll go first. My favorite app of all time was pistachio season pistachio season i love we had that one episode about having pistachio season in in new york because my character we you know in make missouri we have big pistachio farms and i wanted to introduce this kind of life it's like you guys don't know what pistachio season is and you guys said uh no and then the audience laughed. Right? right. We all said it in, in, in unison. It was the three of us going, uh, uh no. no. <laughs> I'm hot. I'm laughing just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think about um, the one that everyone talks about, which is, of course, the love triangle episode. Shit. Oh, love triangle season. Love triangle season. <laughs> yeah, it was love triangle Shit. season. That was so fun. Yeah. Where I would bring, I brought up, um, oh, it's, love triangle season back in los angeles and you guys were like <laughs> wait we went no, no. and i said more yeah, it was, no it was so, a yeah. it was a real thing because i think that was all of us except for trent were in the love triangle um for that first half of the episode and then it switched right. completely yeah, around I, that episode i was dealing with my brother's death in the show right they oh, wrote you right. out almost completely i mean just for that episode because like in the show you know my brother you know uh, gets hit by that train a couple times and dies. And it was really pivoting back and forth between um, romp sort of sex comedy and then deep sitcom, you know, mm-hmm. the teachable moment. Yeah. Um, and the teachable moment, the lesson that I learned was that sometimes people get hit by trains. Yeah, i never seen that on TV before. I no. never had. Amazing. I've also never seen some of the sex stuff that they did that episode on TV. Yeah. Like when you, when you were in the kite... And then you were down on the ground, and then you were in the middle of the kite. Right, and, the and a lot of that had to be, you know, it was kind of euphemism because they couldn't actually show it. It was just all sort of implied. But we did do like a full ten minute implied sex scene, which yeah. I thought was crazy. And you Pretty guys, revolutionary. Offset, you guys were hooking up too. 
We were right. at that time. And offset. It was nasty. Yeah, also offset. It was, it was a bit was nasty. nasty. I mean, I think nasty. I caught you two at a wonderful period in your divorce where you were sort of reuniting, trying to make it work, but you were thinking, what if we brought in a third? And what yeah. if that third was someone, what if our coworkers that we see each and every day? Those were good days. That was the good, good days of our divorce. Those were good days. And we really thought it would be the glue that yeah. puts it back. You know, this brings me to my favorite episode, Funeral Season. Funeral Where right. we, remember, it was that, that episode where my character <clears throat> needed to go to, uh, I think, 15 funerals in one day because his entire AA group uh, died at once. Mm-hmm. His, the AA group was bombed or something like that. And you brought bagels, I remember, or we made the bagels. You had to the bring funerals. the bagels to every funeral because you yeah. made yeah, a lot of promises we, to wives. And- yeah, we had to close early, and then we had yeah, I had to bring a plate of bagels to fifteen different funerals, and I had you guys dressing up as me. And I remember it was there was one scene where I was standing in an elevator surrounded by you guys, and you're dressed exactly like me. And I remember they played the canned laughter for three, four minutes after we. You know, somebody came in and, and, and they said, hey, table for Connor. And then we all said, uh, that's me. Uh, Remember that? That's, that's me. me. Oh, that's me. Yeah. Uh, that's me. Yeah, we all said that at the same time. That was time. another thing on all the t-shirts. Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's me. me. I, my favorite episode, I have to say, was Slippery Locks season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh Slippery yeah. Locks season. I mean, it was just so silly at a nasty time in my life. We had so many slippery locks. I mean, it was paying set. homage to that I Love Lucy episode of the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Yeah, she you had can't, to eat all those locks. She can't keep up. But it's yes, just a bunch that, of salmon locks. Yes, right? and that was when our, the, the tag was I woke up as a big fish. Yeah. A right. big fish with huge nipples and stilettos. You were so hot as that fish. Oh, it got, I think it got me going. I think I got yeah. worried. I think it got me going. I got worried when we got this scene and it was like uh oh they all have so much locks that goldie turns into a locks right um and i remember being like will that fish be hot i was worried mm-hmm. right um because right. i think what's crazy about working on a sitcom is we all have our thing right? right and it's weird especially when you do other shows or other movies it's like you get really involved with playing characters with that thing you know what i mean yeah. like it's yeah and i i mean Speaking to your career after this, I mean, a, just a stark departure from Goldie. You sort of started playing these these matronly old characters, like you were, I, be, I believe, thirty five at the time or so, and you you'd switch to grandma roles almost immediately. Yes, I started doing nurses, yeah. older nurses, caregivers. I love uh, Mother Teresa's last year. That movie you did, and congratulations on your Oscar, by the way. By the way, congratulations. by the way, thank you. No, I, I mean. I did my thing, which was our thing, and I did my Goldie thing, which was a hot, hot woman. And then at some point when the show ended, it was just like everything just flew off of me. And I was like, suddenly she's gone. Right, because they took your nipples away. Yes, because, yeah, they were, it was science. It was rental. They didn't let you keep them? No, no. And I didn't want them. I didn't want them. Here's a question that I think is a great one to wrap up on because I am getting the signal from Gordon. And Gordon, if you wave that finger at me one more time, I'll cut it off on the way home. But one thing that I always get on Twitter, people are messaging me all the time. What do you think your characters from month to month are doing now? That's great. I think Connor, I think Connor works at a rehab center, I think. And I hope, you know, I guess I could see what Elkin is doing, which is nothing because he's fucking dead. But 
And rest in peace, by the way. Rest in, right. Right, rest in peace to Elkin. You live such a struggle of a life, and we miss you every day. Hey, I, I miss you too, Elkin. Okay. We're all saying we miss him. I just wanted to, I just wanted to add just, my two cents. You don't have to single out that you specifically missed him. I just wanted to signal my Well, I'm just yeah. saying that we can all say that we missed him, man. Okay. One, two, three. We, we miss, miss you, you Elkin. Elkin. Great. I love that. What do you, what do you think Sandy's doing? Player for once. Oh, Sandy, um, you know, I think she took over the bagel shop. Uh, I think that was ultimately her passion. That's a surfer girl at heart, baby. Yeah, she she's. I think she's. You know, she's spreading locks on bagels. She's spreading joy. That's what. Um, that's what Sandy always did. And she, because you know, the manager character, um, was uh Kathy was a bit uh in over her head at all times. She was always yelling at us, saying crazy old woman things like, "Why can't I find a date?" And such a good actor. She was such a good actor. Rest in peace to uh, Mariah Carey. To... Mariah yeah. Carey. Mariah, Mariah Carey. Carey. Not not the spelt singer. Maria. Spelt Maria. Spelled Maria. And then Carey with a K. Carey with a K. Mariah she had such Carey a big life. We were like Mariah. We got to call you Mariah Carey. She oh. And yeah. you know she dropped dead uh, the moment the show stopped airing, and so I she think was 103. That she 103 was 103 when things stopped. She was old, and so I, yeah, I think Sandy would have taken her place. I, do you guys remember that? <laughs> you guys remember that? Uh, our director, Jimmy, yelled cut and plop on the ground. Right. It was so and, But we were just so, we were bowing. We just kept going on with it. None of us even realized what it kind no. of happened. It was really- well, because I remember the plop. We couldn't tell if it was a body or one of my nipples that fell. Yeah. Because right. both because fell basically at the exact same time. Pop, pop, like, what's going on? What, they were so happened? dense, and the, the boards were so hollow on that, on that soundstage. Every time one of your nipples fell off, it felt like a body was dropping to the ground. For yeah, sure. I'd be we like, be is careful. there an earthquake? I also, I have a little bit of a confession. Um, I did notice that Mariah Carey was dead. <laughs> but, you know, we were all having such a good time, and the show was such a special memory for everyone. That I thought, we gonna get you know, let's it. put a pin in this. He's dead, so. Why, why rush it, you know? Yeah, what, is pointing it out going to make her come back to life? No, so I'm going to honor her memory by um, continuing to bow. You know, something funny, I, 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 something funny, I walked by Mariah Carey's grave the other day, and, uh, and, you know, at Forest Lawn, you can drive by on the street, and I saw a bunch of deer um, eating the flowers off of her grave. And I thought that was a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. Where do you think Goldie is now? <laughs> My dear Goldie. My dear Goldie. Oh, I think she's dead. <laughs> I think she's just dead. Because, I mean, what the show doesn't really touch on that you would if you knew about Goldie's lifespan is that hot people live shorter lives. Right, they're living fast and they're living hot. And this show, can I just say, was plagued by death. Yeah. Well, and that... To be honest, Sarah, you know that's one of the reasons I couldn't get close to you. I said I felt like I married you a Great Dane. I feel like I'm going to lose you. I know, but now look at me. I'm playing Nacho Libre's grandma in a biopic tomorrow. He's the biopic of Nacho <laughs> Libre's no, I've heard character. About this. It's the biopic of <laughs> Jack Pack paying Nacho Libre. So it's the biopic of Nacho Libre character if in the world. Nacho Libre. And I look at the body so I once famous. had as Goldie, and I'm like, she couldn't have played Nacho Libre's grandma. Well, I think Dougie um, now runs the bagel shop. 
Hey, um, what? Hmm? What? What? Sandy would have run the bagel shop. I mean, Sandy would have run the bagel shop. I mean, well, why would it be Dougie? Sandy would have run the bagel shop. I feel like Dougie left at a place where it seemed obvious he was going to take over the bagel shop. Hey, don't don't mind Trent and Rebecca. He's always just stirring the pot like he always I'm not right? stirring trying the pot. Think, no, I don't think there's anything himself. funny about what's happening here. here. I'm not laughing. I don't think there's anything no. funny about what's happening not, here. To, he's I'm not just trying, trying to be his own self. Like William, I'm not does. trying to do this. Sandy had nothing else, to... Trent. Sandy had nothing else. Well, what, what did Dougie have? Sandy had nothing else. The writers was a failed didn't actor, give me anything. A failed actor didn't in You're talking over her again. Oh, am I talking over her again? This is how it always goes down. William stirs the pot, and then I get in trouble, okay? Oh, really? Yeah. Why would none of you fuck me on set? Why would none of you fuck me on set? Oh, here I was we go hot. Again. Oh, here I we go. was here we go hot. Again. Oh, I was kind go. of hot. This is too nasty. You're getting nasty. I set you up a lot. I set you up with a lot of my friends. A lot your friends, of my friends. Your friend, the mm-hmm. woman from the Wendy's. Rebecca, while we're at it, you owe me fifty grand. You do oh, owe her fifty grand. Oh, are you grand. talking Fucking about cunt. the boat again? You owe me fifty grand. Again. This you is said nasty. the boat was a gift. I want my you fifty said, grand. We don't have to worry about nasty. this. And we were both on cocaine. We were both on cocaine. You owe me twenty dollars. Oh yeah. Well, I'll Venmo you. Fuck all of you, by the way. Yeah, fuck you, fuck you. Nice. Boys, boys. William, nice. I swear to God, get off me. Get here. What a great conversation for artists on artists on artists on artists. And it ultimately answered the question. That's why they call it showbiz. Thank you. Good night. Hi, I'm Angela Geritana. I'm Jeremy Colhane. I'm Patrick McDonald. And I'm Kylie Brakeman. Artists on Artists on Artists on Artists is an improvised Hollywood Roundtable podcast available on iTunes and Spotify. You can follow us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's right, four A's with three O's in between, then pod. Music for this podcast is provided by Gabriel Sebastian. We'll see you next time. Good night, Hollywood.